Welcome to the Explorative Podcast. Welcome back to the Explominate podcast. I'm your host, Battle Mode, and this week we've got Lucid Tactics. Hey, guys. And we've also got Daz Tactic. Hi, guys. Welcome, and um, yeah, looking forward to this one. So we've got all the tactics in here, and I'm Battle Mode. So uh, l- lots of lots of battle combat-related things in the, uh, in the chat. So this week we're actually talking about Dominion 6, which released, hmm, what was it, a couple of weeks ago now? It seems like it's a lot longer, but it's, it, it, I think it's even less than that. Really? Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, and we've been playing the game. We've, we've all been, I mean, I, you guys have been playing it longer than me because I think you both in the beta. I think you probably say that. And uh, yeah, and I got it a little bit early just for for review purposes, but um, I still feel it's a little bit early for me to kind of give the game a, a really strong, solid value judgment just because of the sheer complexity of the game. Um, but my initial impressions are that I like it. <laughs> I'm going to hand it over to you guys. What do you think? Well, Lucid, you've certainly been in the um, in the beta for a lot longer than I have. You've been much more connected with the actual development of the game, and um, I've only been in the beta for uh, what the last six weeks, I guess, before before launch. And um, which I like, I prefer I prefer to sort of come into games when they're a bit like that. So I think I'd better your um, experience and judgment there, Lucid. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's a bunch of new features and things in the game. There's new nations, which you know I think people focus on a lot. To me, most of the important changes are uh, things that make it easier or more fun to play single player. And then they've also done some things to really balance out some of the multiplayer things or, or open up. I don't want to say balance, but open up some different things in multiplayer. Like with single player, you can have uh, like cool player designed gods that you're going to fight against, which was kind of a, a weakness in the the previous iterations. And you can have, uh, uh, you can do diplomacy with the AI. It used to be you know, kind of once you started fighting them, you better kill them because they're going to fight you for the rest of the game. Not quite, but almost like that in the, the previous versions. And now you can like do diplomacy with them. And that starts to kind of hint at like the richness that's in multiplayer. So I feel like there's a much better single player experience and there's a bigger bridge to multiplayer. And then like some of the things I do like a lot that they've done in multiplayer is like a lot of the the spells, which were like, Battlefield-wide clearing spells, Foul Vapors was kind of the classic. They've moved these deeper in research and harder to cast. So there's a much bigger space for like normal armies of of troops to kind of go longer in the game before they just get killed by like a single mage. So that's pretty cool. And then they've rebalanced the blesses uh, to, to be, I think, a lot more interesting. So I don't think anybody in the community right now knows what the new meta is going to be. Like we have an idea who like which are the strong which are the strong nations because certain nations got like buffed or nerfed and we have a pretty good idea what those are, but I don't think we know like how the game is going to play out. I think that'll take a couple of years actually, but that's exciting. That means you can kind of try your own thing. And if you are a better judge of uh, how the game is going to work than other people, then you're going to be winning games. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's the podcast over. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. Lucy, didn't you say that the meta was never really worked out for Dominions 5? Right. You know, like people made you know you all made real 
strides into figuring it out. And, you know, there were multiple play styles that were emerging and, you know, certain little tricks and tactics that people would come up with. But for the most part, it, it was not an, it was not a figured out game. It was not a completed solution based game. And I think that it's going to be a long time again before, you know, people really start getting their heads around the new changes. I think it's worth pointing out as well. My understanding of the focus of the changes was really to kind of slow, maybe slow the game down a little bit. Like the, the, in you know, expansion seems a lot more difficult yeah, now. I agree at least. With that. Maybe that's yep. just, it's slower. And I know there are people who are still banging out, you know, 20, 25 to, you know, provinces in 12 turns, but I've not experienced that. It's much, much more difficult. I'm actually playing a multiplayer game right now. And I found the expansion much, much slower just because of the size of the, the indie, you know, the indie provinces. There's a real big focus on making troops more viable for longer, you know, yeah. national troops. And I, I like that. I think that's great. I think the, the, they've increased the size of the battlefield by, I think it's like 50% or mm-hmm. maybe twice. I can't remember. Uh, it's not that big, actually. It's it's about a, about a quarter or, or an extra third, I think. Um, I actually counted all those little squares, but then there is actually a, a post. I think it goes from like <laughs> 80 to 100 now. Like So it's not that big, but it feels bigger. I, I heard fifty percent bigger. Um, that's what that's what Owen said, but I'm I'm not. Yeah, but that might be just that. you know, like if you add twenty percent to the top and twenty per, or like twenty percent to the yeah, width yeah. and twenty percent to the to the length, I think you get yeah, yeah. you probably get fifty percent more area. So yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, and I think also with that as well, like th- that extra that extra depth that you end up getting is good because it does give you time for manoeuvre uh, through the middle of the map that you didn't have before. So it, even just those extra twenty hexes through the middle of the map actually do make a difference it's huge in my opinion and the 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 changes feel huge also there's i said more gradation in the way that spells target various sizes of area on the map uh, and they and they are more spaced out through the research tree so that uh you uh, essentially you're going to because of the ex- the extra space that you've got there's more troops maybe somewhat less majors and commanders well because of the expense of the commanders has gone up uh the majors sorry so there's basically more man- more room for tactical play and i really like this i i feel that the you know the game's always been great on a tactics level but it's just increased with the amount of depth uh, i'm interested to know what how do you do you guys think that it's mission accomplished for you know for ill winter with regards to dominion six and their their focus on trying to make battles kind of a bit more nuanced oh no i think there's there's a long long way they can go i think with that um but i think it's it's what what's exciting is it's it is a new it's a new chapter and it's um but i think that they can still keep on pushing things in all sorts of different directions i i I just think that what they've done is they've, they've had a reset and really had a look at everything from the ground up again and um uh, and that has been great in this game. I think this game is such a, a massive improvement uh, like between the iterations of the games than has ever been there before. But um, I think it's just this, it's, it's like it's a, it's, a new, it's a new chapter and a new start. So when, when, you know, in five years or whenever, when Dominion 7 comes along, I think it'll be just as viable to sort of keep this uh, direction going. So no, I think it's the, I think it's the start of something new. I, I'm really excited about, by what they've done with this. That's um as I said before, I think it really is like the the biggest jump that they've had. Like between say four and five, it wasn't. Um, yeah, people were sort of thinking, "Oh, is it worth getting?" I still see those comments, but like it, this is a no brainer. Like when you actually when you see the the differences, I, I think between four and five it was great anyway. But between five and six, it's dramatically different. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a if you 
if you play the game a lot and if you like dominions you're probably going to play it a lot it's not the kind of game you play like five hours in and you're like oh like yeah i've basically i understand the game i basically played it it's over that was nice you know it's not like a five hour game like five hour games you're like or after five hours in you're like wading in the ocean and you're like okay i, I kind of know how to wade here you know and then there's people like going by in sailboats and stuff and you're like good what's that yeah. <laughs> you know That's a good analogy. Uh, <laughs> so you know if and then if you like get 40 or 50 hours out of it and you have fun or a couple hundred hours you know that it's a it's a great value the question is whether it's like a the formula of game you like and i for me one of the things is that i know like a lot of people don't have the time to do and like you guys are probably among them like it's for everyone for every adult, it's a struggle to find the time to do like a proper long form multiplayer game. Yeah. So Absolutely. opening this up to the single player audience, I think is like the biggest leverage. Cause like a lot of people aren't, if you don't play the single player for at least five or 10 hours, you're not going to be curious about getting into a multiplayer game, even if you had the time, you know, can I just ask you a question with that in yeah. mind? Because I think that that's a really, really good point. If they're making it more accessible to single player, do you think that they should have allowed safe scumming? And I think they should have. Yeah, I think they should. I, I mean, in some ways, you know, there it's easy to to praise the virtues of not having safe scumming because you just kind of have to like roll with your decisions, you know. And in, yeah, that's my and in a multiplayer game, you do have to do that. You know, there's no yeah. safe scumming. And I, this is, I think, a and, and there's another virtue to not having safe scumming, which is that. A lot of big strategy games, like if you're playing Age of Wonders 4 and it's turn, you know, 30 or something and you lose everything in your main stack, like you're probably going to lose the game, you know, like, like it's a major set. Like it's not a, it's not a game where you're expected to lose entire, ma like major stacks, but Dominions is, you know, Dominions, all your units have a pretty high upkeep. Nothing lasts for forever. Your armies, you're just trying to spend their lives well before they die. And so it is it is really a game that's kind of where you're meant to lose things. Like like you had every single multiplayer game of Dominions you win, you lose outrageously large amounts of stuff. <laughs> you know, like there's yeah. there's monuments in, in in your capital to all the thousands of troops that you've killed indiscriminately. But that being said, they still should probably add it because people like people just want it. <laughs> you can you can kind of maybe have it turned off by default. And then people could click to turn it on. I agree. That they should, I think they should definitely have it because I think that one of the one of the barriers for entry is learning the game. And um, I, I feel that with with save scumming with any of these games, uh, and I love that. For example, like with Age of Wonders, the series they basically then brought in the save scumming was not just sort of something where there was no you know nothing negative about it. They actually have it when you finish a battle. Do you want to play it again? Type thing. And with Dominions. I think you learn so much. You learn so much by actually um, save scumming uh, as a as a learning process. And um, just for the uh, audience, I, w I just want to clarify something. When Daz is saying save scumming, he doesn't mean literal save scumming. He means reloading the save if you lose a battle. Generally speaking, so so save scumming technically was when you know, like in old RPGs and stuff, you'd save the game just before you threw a, a, an attack, or in XCOM or something, you'd save the game before you threw an attack, and then you would keep 
reloading it until you got the hit that you wanted so it was a little bit more precise i think just just to clarify that because um yeah i think what you mean when you say that they've brought saves coming in is that they've allowed you to replay the battles if you lose is that what you, is that what i, you, I need yeah. to get you to be my my attorney <laughs> battle mode when i'm when i'm going to save scumming court it's like yeah, he wasn't save scumming you know he wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the random dice it was the decisions he was making it was just something it was just scumming his side <laughs> no no I, I watch that all the time and i, I hear does say it all the time i'm like yeah that's not quite right but yeah i i know exactly what he means he's yeah i um in that by the way i agree um i agree i think that they should give you the option yeah basically um i do see the argument like i usually i i'm of the mind that you should stick with your decisions but it does not help with learning no, the game at no. all and for something as yeah. complex i think it's i think that and because they have made it so accessible now for single player they've made the story aspect of it you know the role play is so much better than it's ever been before all those sorts of things and really if you're trying to get somebody that doesn't know the game very well you know to actually sort of learn the game like even just scripting like scripting a, a battle like to be able to play the same battle over and over and over again with um you know repositioning your forces changing what the majors do um you know things like that it makes such a like you learn so much by doing the same battle over and over than you do by just taking one army turn after turn after turn it's um yeah, for me, I, th- I think it's um, like they. That's, I hope it's something that they that they do add in at some point. Can I? I'd like to ask you actually. I've seen some mixed stuff from the community, um, particularly with the multiplayer community. Like some people are really complaining about some of the stuff that's changed. <clears throat> One of the ones that I noticed was there's been a bit of a nerf to both blunt and piercing damage, and I. I think people, some people have been really, really annoyed by this because it seems to make quite a lot of the spear units, particularly, um, a little bit less effective or quite a lot less effective. Like my my friend, he plays Kalem like mm-hmm. all the time. It's like his favorite, his favorite nation. And he's crying at some of the changes that have happened in Dominion 6 to, because Kalem just seems to have had a, like, it's been hit so hard with the nerf bat that, you know, it's not, it's not even recognizable anymore with the changes to glamour, you know, and the air magic. So they don't have access to all. Uh, to the sort of like glamour based stuff that was they, they used to be able to cast wailing winds which was that battlefield wide uh kind of like fear spell and it was really good and so they can't do that anymore so it's like damn it and then yeah the spears are a little a little bit weaker i think it comes out to like maybe one damage weaker so it's not yeah i you know i don't I don't think it's a big th- so much of a big thing. I didn't really see it as a nerf to piercing so much as a boost to slashing damage because slashing was the only one that didn't change. Yeah. So slashing damage did not change, whereas piercing was reduced, and so was blunt damage because blunt has the was it is it it was a plus twenty four a fifty percent bonus to head damage or something yeah. like that, and it's been reduced to twenty five percent. And so, uh, so slashing actually is the same. So, but a lot I've seen a lot of people complaining about that, like saying basically that you know the game's literally unplayable <laughs> because really? of the nerf to piercing. I don't know. I'm not seeing. I've hardly it, noticed really. any difference, to be honest. Yeah, I think things mostly kind of go like before. I mean, in my opinion, the biggest changes aren't. I mean, it's it's noteworthy. I mean, piercing used to be the best damage type, like pretty much without question for your units. Uh, it was better underwater. You didn't get the penalties. It was better on land because you go through armor. You know, verse like chaff and stuff. Uh, slashing might have been better, but like, who cares about fighting chaff? That's easy, right? Versus elites, piercing tended to be better. Now it's, I don't think it's super clear. And I think the biggest changes are actually with some of the deep, uh, like the the spells that come in the the deep late game where you get like, there's a spell called Earth Shatter Army, which makes all of your blunt and slash melee attacks stun on hit. And like, that's going to significantly change, like shake up battles when everybody's stunning every time they hit somebody. 
And then you also have Steel Slice Warriors, which is basically the old um, Weapons of Sharpness. That's basically a big area of effect cast of that's going to give slash and piercing weapons uh, armor piercing damage. So, you know, mm. blunt blunt weapons get kind of out of they they can't participate in that one. So, you know, I think it definitely has been a buff to slashing damage because, um, you know, slashing gets both of those buffs. But, you know, I think the interesting thing to me is the weapon types are I think there's certain cases where each one will be better or worse now. So whereas before, I think it was like mostly try to get piercing if you can. And mostly it doesn't matter yeah. a ton now. I think it matters a bit more. So it's kind of cool. It feels like they're trying to distinguish the different unit types from one another a little bit more by doing that. I'm, I'm all for it. I also feel that it was maybe a way of kind of just slowing down the battles a little bit more as well, because, you know, as part of this greater change to kind of try to make normal troops just relevant for longer in the game by just kind of generally decreasing how much damage they're doing. Um, Cause I think you could like buff piercing to the point where you were, you know, you could, you could make, armor relatively you know protection kind of relatively trivial at least unless they were casting some big buff spells uh, speaking of uh, protection as well there, there's been some interesting changes to things like stone skin and iron skin where they've they're now capped the the amount of protection it will give is like more heavily capped is that yeah right? it's, it's interesting actually because it's sort of uh, you've now got to really think if you're trying to thug something out you know like what if their natural protection is up to a certain level then you think well it's not even worth casting the spells <laughs> Yeah, it's so it's actually pretty interesting. So it used to be that what you wanted was you wanted like like a great unit to put uh, protection buffs on would have been a unit with like really good armor, but no natural protection. Because if they had natural protection, it was kind of just wasted. Like if you had a unit with like eight natural protection and good armor, that's great. But when you cast Army of Gold, which is like the best protection buff in the game on them, they all go to 20 natural protection and that will stack you know, partially with the armor they have. So they end up getting, let's say 30 protection when you stack those two, like the 20 natural protection, the 20 from the armor. Well, they changed it now so that like iron skin, I think it only adds, let me see. It adds, I believe uh, 12, is it? Group iron skin. Oh, 13, but up to a max of 20. So if you start with zero, you're only going to get 13 protection. But if you start, like if you were a unit that had a base natural protection of seven, it would take you all the way up to 20. So now you there's actually a lot of value on having some natural protection to start with, whereas before it like didn't matter at all. And a lot of human troops, since, you know, or a lot of troops in general don't have natural protection, you know, like a lot of magical creatures do, but a lot of humans are like zero. So uh, what it means is that for a lot of the human-based army fights, uh, you're only going to be getting 13 instead of 20, which is a major shift. Like... Because Dominions is like a subtraction threshold game, right? It's like if you don't roll higher than like your damage higher than their protection, they don't take any damage. Like, yeah. and so a lot of the late game fights in Dominions Five were like slap fights, where like I hit you for zero damage, you hit me for zero damage, and you know, it would like go back and forth unless you were able to cast weapons of sharpness on on each other. So now that doesn't isn't going to happen nearly as much. It's going to be a lot harder to get up to like the very high protection levels. So that's also going to be another reason why troops matter more. Cause a lot of the things was like human troops just don't have the damage to punch through like protection buffed troops. And now they sort of can. So, well, even the, uh, like the, I'm like the barbarians have, have like it's, I'm finding them quite easy to understand in this version of the game because of these sorts of things, like as to why they're so, so good. 
and I don't know if that's just something where I had a bit of a, a bit of a, um, a blind spot in the past, but I'm, I'm finding it's it's so easy to understand why they're so damn good <laughs> when you come up against them uh, against sort of strong units. Maybe it's that the different weapon types are just work a little bit more intuitively now. Yeah, you know, they're they're not so easy. They, they yeah, they just they just work kind of how they are supposed to um, without any of these sort of unintended consequences that they had before. But yeah, I, I do feel that the, like I was asking whether you thought you guys thought the, the kind of stated mission goal of making battles kind of bigger and kind of more impressive and, you know, also relying on the, on the nation national troops longer and, you know, uh, before the big battlefield spells come out. Do you, uh, I'd ask you again, do you feel that it's kind of like, I know Daz said it wasn't mission successful, but I mean, I think you were saying there's room for more, but do you, do you feel that it is better in that respect? Because I'm certainly seeing that. I feel that the battles are so much better now. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of where they've, where they've, uh, what they've done with it, actually, in that sort of sense. It's sort of, um, and again, even just for the um, barrier for entry for new players, it's sort of, it's, it's much more intuitive the way that they've actually done it because you can get into the game. I guess it's one of those things where, you can start playing and, and think that you've got an understanding and you sort of get a, you get like a year or two into the actual game in game terms and then all of a sudden things start to change again. So it's sort of it's it's still got learning progressions through the whole game, but the early progression is I think much more intuitive because of that focus, which I think is great. Yeah, yeah. I I think they've I think they've done it. I haven't you know, to my disclaimer is I haven't actually played a lot of multiplayer yet. So you know, the thing to keep in mind is that, you know, the multiplayer community really, I mean, all players who've been playing this for a while, you know, they're like, they're like bargain shoppers, right? So the, the enemy AI or the enemy player comes up with an army and they're like, well, we need you to pay like $300 to fight this army. And they're like, um, how about two fifty or like, you know, like $2.50 cents. They like want to fight that army with nothing. So mm. like, while it, that's one of the best things, actually, if you're a new player and you join new player games, or if you're just fighting the AI, you get to put together these like huge human armies and have them fight each other. And it's really cool. That was like, there was an old casting I did of a, of a game called like, it's called like new casting or something, but it was a bunch of new players playing a game and they would like make these huge armies and fight each other. It was awesome, <laughs> you know, but then you throw in experienced players and they're like, how can I kill this army with like one mage and three troops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a, I mean, like, I think this goes with this whole vibe that I'm seeing with Dominion Six, which is, for example, we were talking about the single player and how it seems to be a lot better. One of the improvements that I've seen, and, and I was, I was quite loudly claiming early on that I thought the AI was a lot better, and I think uh, I've looked at it more now, and I think that it's a bit more nuanced than I was kind of making out. However, one aspect of the AI that is a drastic improvement is the way that the AI seems to form realistic looking armies okay now whether they're going to be good for a single player you know like a multiplayer player who's hoping to get a challenge out of single player i'm not sure but with regards to you know like the guy who picks it up and he wants to play 20 30 hours of it and he comes up against the ai and it throws these quite thematic armies that are relatively well scripted and you know they're actually comprising troops that look like they should be a real army oh there's some spearmen on the front oh and there's some cavalry on the flank and there's you know there's the mages at the back and they've got guards oh and he left a trap at the back like which i've seen it do as well Mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's actually quite interesting that with 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 that um with, with that goal in mind of trying to make the game um kind of more accessible for people it certainly seems that that's one of the things that's happened like you know yeah i i've got some thoughts on the ai so i think the expansion is a little weak 
Um, there's some mods that you can get uh, on the Steam Workshop that are going to just help. Three, the first three are from Somber. They're extra starting priests. It's going to make it more likely they're going to bless their starting sacreds they get. Uh, and the, the the next one is second start armies for the AI nations. And it's going to give all the armies basically double the start army. Because they do struggle with expansion. So that's the thing. If you put them on like a moderate difficulty setting, they're not going to do great in expansion. So, you know, you can do things that are going to help that without giving them like permanent resource boosts that are going to last the whole game that are crazy, which you'll struggle with later. So there's basically mod packs that you can turn on to give them just a starter boost so that they can do expansion better. Um, And then there's like the the mod I just made called community memes, which is going to add, you know, adds a bunch of pretenders for them to, for the AI to use that aren't garbage or, you know, they're, some of them are garbage, but they're at least funny garbage. Uh, But sorry, what is it? Community memes as in M E M E S. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like meme pretenders, but so if you have those on, the AI will tend to expand better. A lot of t- if it that's kind of I think the maybe one of the weaker areas left in the AI now, which is a good thing to say because I think there were a lot bigger issues with AI back in Dominion's five, and these things are fixable, and they've made it so you can mod things specifically for the AI. So it's easy to give the AI like ten turns of resource bonuses or something like to help it through the early game. But yeah, no, once it. Once it's done, expansion is like a normal size. I mean, they throw out tough armies, right? And they're going to be raiding you intensely. You know, they, they love attacking as many provinces as they can. And they put mages in their armies and they put gems on the mages. And mages with gems on them kill a lot of stuff, you know? Like, so these people saying the AI are bad, you know, like, okay, they're slow expanding. But then it's like, have you actually like fought one of these, like a, a moderately hard difficulty AI? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. What's their the same size? Yeah, they they do pretty good. Like yeah. they, they put up yeah. a fight. The AI is in like even in Dominion's five where it had issues and like I'll kind of address this. I think I've, we've said this before, but there's eight there's multiple parts to the AI in Dominions, and I think some of it was better than others. But when I think one of the things that really put off a lot of people from playing Dominions, and I see it all the time, by the way, people are, are leaving comments on my videos saying or come to explore my Discord and say, "Hey, I, I I actually bought Dominions four and five, and I I." I didn't really play them or I, I avoided buying them because people told me that the single player sucked and the AI was bad. And it kind of really pisses me off because the AI in, in Dominions, even in Dominions 5, was actually probably more competent than about 90% of the other 4X game AI that we get. Now, 4X, it hasn't got a great bar, really, for game <laughs> yeah. AI. There are some notable exceptions. So, for example, Caster of Magic mod is really, really good. Uh, you know, the Master of Magic mod, but the AI, and that's really good. Uh, Warhammer 40k Gladius Relics of War, that's got a good AI. Civ 4 had pretty good AI, you know. So there are some exceptions, but for the most part, it's kind of bad. But still, Dominions 5 was not bad. Like, if once he got over that, you know, once he got over the hurdle of, of expansion, it could. It was pretty, you know, it, it knew how to play the game in a basic way. It wasn't perfect. So it kind of always bugged me, because I really think that, that it was people... I think it was often multiplayer people who'd played a bit of multiplayer and they would come and say, oh, you know, I've played single player now and the, and the AI is garbage. And it's like, well, it's never going to play quite as well as a human, obviously. Um, and now there are there are also valid complaints about things that it just couldn't figure out to do at all, you know. And there were obviously bugs and things, things like cap, you know, script, um, the way that spells were scripted. There's some valid complaints there without a doubt. And there still is now in Dominion 6, I think. I've come across a few issues. But for the most part, I think that the AI isn't actually that bad. And I think, you know, it's one of those things where you, when people sort of say, oh, the AI sucks, it's like, compared to what? You know, that's the question you need to ask. Yeah. It's like, 
compared to compared to a multiplayer player yeah sure compared to you know uh, most of the forex games no not really it's actually pretty good it's actually quite competent are you seeing complaints though from people about the ai in dom six only by people who haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to i don't, don't want to say that i mean people you know name name a forex game that people played a lot that they haven't complained about the ai you know they're gonna there's so, always an exploit, isn't there? There's always a way to yeah. look at the game, and there's always, always a way to sort of. I think one of the good things about having an auto battler is that it it sort of it does allow the AI and, and the human to sort of then when they do interact, you've got you're in a limited battlefield. It's not as if you can sort of kite your way through the back of the battlefield or anything like that. You just can't do it. And so, in that sense, I think it's a bit more forgiving for the AI. But I think I've always found the AIs to be to be functional like a, it's sort of i still remember when i was first learning to play i think it must have been dominions 2 or dominions 3 maybe um when you'd uh, you'd sort of think oh, okay got, i understand how the expansion sort of works and when you're when you're fighting in the battlefield it's all okay but then you come up against their um, their home province and then all of a sudden it's a completely different game again so even way back then right. it was still having that auto battle system i think it makes it um makes it good and i think they've done an exceptional job to be honest with the um, with the AI, I, I certainly find it to be. Um, uh, and, and again, when you're looking even at just the little indies, when you're trying to expand, like the little independent groups, with the way that they've got their stuff scripted. You, I mean, Battle Mode, you just mentioned it before. You know, like where they've, where they've even just the positioning of and scripting for those is actually now really, really quite cool. The way that they've actually sort of done that with um, where you do actually have like protection in the back ranks or. You know, like for example, you may have um, mages that then sort of you know tend towards the battle of the, the middle of the battlefield, but then there's still other protection in behind it. So, doing your standard sort of like rush around the side to get to the uh, to the back end, it still works, but it's um, it's different than what it was. Yeah, they put. I got surprised on my Let's Play series where the AI actually brought in a cavalry trap at the back. Like they just put a bunch of they put like a, a small group of uh, archers yeah. in the back, and I couldn't see any reason for them to do that. Like um, and one of my viewers was like, oh, "I'm not sure that's what they intended to do. That that looks more like an artifact of X Y Z." But I wasn't so sure. But you know, it's I think because the game's kind of complicated, it's it's not always that easy. I mean, I've got what probably about sixty hours in it now, something like that, maybe seventy. Most of it is in you know, I've, I've only just started playing a multiplayer game, so most of it is single player. And you know, um, I'm a bit reluctant to kind of like diagnose AI issues at this stage of the game. I don't think I've been playing it long enough to be honest. Um, I I do. I did see an immediate improvement in just across the board, um, but there. But I also have seen it do some weird things. Like I've got it on camera where the AI attacked; it just attacked into an enemy province with its with its profits, yeah. just single. Yeah. Like I've so seen I don't that know. As well. I'm not sure what it was doing. So I'm not quite sure what you that. Know, that was just looks that's like, like the the shadow of of actual good AI though. Because what one of the things would be super cool is if the AI used thugs well and thugs and dominions are like commanders that can solo take provinces and things like that. And they're getting, it's getting freakily close. Like it's putting items on them in kind of the right spots. Like there's a screenshot on my discord uh, yesterday. I think somebody had like a, a pretender Titan that was like fully equipped that the AI had kitted and it was like buffing itself and running into combat. And he was like, ah, you know, but <laughs> Awesome. That's what I want to see. Yeah. You see, that's I don't need. Like, I want really, really difficult. If I want a really difficult game, I'll go play multiplayer. Right. Um, but if it's if it's doing stuff like if it, you know, as a single player game, and we, you know, like I think that Dominions has sold quite well, judging by the fact that it was in the top ten Steam's. You know, I was selling games on Steam for a bit, so it's obviously sold quite well. Most of those players are probably going to be multi- uh, single player. I, w- I would say, just as a guess, 
I know Dominions has got a lot of multiplayer. You know, it's got a high proportion of multiplayer players in amongst its community, without a doubt. Way more than what you'd get in other yeah. Forex games, I'm sure. Uh, I, you know, like by by a factor of many, yeah, yeah. I'd say. However, it's still going to be mostly single player. I, I would guess, and so the fact that the single player is much more fun now, I think, is just a real feather in Ill Winkers' cap. And I know. A lot, I see a lot of people go from the multiplayer community go, I don't care about single player, I could not care less. You know, I'd much rather they just fix multiplayer, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, that's fair enough, but understand that, you know, this probably helps multiplayer as well because more people playing means more people playing multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, you know, it will eventually transfer over to playing multiplayer. You know, Ill Winter see that, the, you know, what they're doing is good, so they, they'll keep doing more of it. You know, they'll, they'll feel encouraged because the game sold well, I assume. So, you know, all of these things are good. It's really. funny how vocal the multiplayer communities are, aren't they, in different games? I'm, I'm not just picking out on um, Dominion. So I actually think the multiplayer community in Dominions is is exceptional. But it's just I'm thinking back over the years, like there's so many games where the multiplayer community has basically wrecked the game uh, because they've uh, wanted balance. And um, I hate seeing games that end up like that are designed for single player where the where, but then they open up the door for multiplayer because of the vocal minority and then all of a sudden the game itself just turns into a a bland sort of um, right. porridge, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's that's something <laughs> Illwinner is really good at. Like, it, this is my first year being on the beta, and, like, we would suggest things, and we're going on about the balance. They just don't respond. Yeah. <laughs> it's like within the beta team. They're like, yeah, I'm sure they're reading it, but they mostly don't respond, which I think is great. I think it's great as well. I think I think developers have got to protect themselves from, um, from feedback, uh, yeah. Like whether it's good or bad, they've they've got to gatekeep your games, developers. That's I mean, what every, you need to do. Everybody on the beta has been playing Dominions for ten years or something. There's some yeah. you know groggy old you know curmudgeony gamer that fancies they know a thing or two about Dominions, and and that one's like, yeah, that. I'm not going to listen to this, or y'all just continue arguing. We'll we'll watch from the sidelines and maybe do something or maybe not. And I think you have to have that attitude as a developer. Otherwise, yeah. you get bu- you get bullied into like this faction's overpowered, nerf this, you know, and you end up taking out all the cool mechanics in your game. You yeah. know, we're like, yeah, you know, you need to have it where the 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 cool stuff is balanced by other cool stuff. You know, like okay, yeah, this thing you can do is really strong and overpowered, but this other nation can do this other thing, which is really overpowered. <laughs> you know. They fix the broken things, so it's it's not as if right. um, they're not they're not unresponsive. But I, That's true. I, I agree with you. I think that the um, I've really enjoyed being on the beta because when something needs to be addressed, they're they're hundred percent there. You know, like trying to figure out the best way forward. But as, as far as as you say, like if it's something to do where it's just on the periphery, where you can sort of tell that someone's pushing their own barrow to a certain extent, that they don't engage, and that's good. It's a really really good way to be. Well, look, they know that their own game is so complex that. Yeah, I I just immediately ignore anybody who says a game is unbalanced if it if the review has come out two days after the game's been released. <laughs> like you just can't know. Okay, and it, like you know, for example, there was a, I, I watched a few. Well, it's definitely of, unbalanced. Let's get this out of the way. To me, it's not a balanced game. <laughs> it's not designed to be. And I, I love that it's not balanced. But I, what I was going to say was that the uh, the the multiplayer it, it seems you know how multiplayer communities can damage single player games for some games. I don't think that that has been the case with Dominions at all. And uh, before anyone in the multiplayer community gets pissed off with me, you know, I, I really think the multiplayer community is amazing in this one because they they want the game to be good, right? They they understand that the imbalance is part of what is beautiful. But it does sound a little bit like part of that is 
ill winter gatekeeping their own game a little bit and kind of going look you know all right you guys saying that this is like you know one way but you know we'll, we'll figure that bit yeah out. in a game like starcraft though or something where like you know if zerg is overpowered then and every time somebody picks zerg they just are going to win the game and all the the tournaments are won by zergs or something like that for the past 10 years like that's not fun you know but dominions is a free-for-all no. multiplayer game so like even if a nation is unbalanced, you can just kill them with like you and your buddy because it's not that unbalanced that they can fend off you and your buddy attacking them. So it's like there's there's a bunch of mechanics yeah. that are built yeah. into into dominions that makes it okay for the games for the game to not be balanced, and that's great. <laughs> I, I agree with you 100. percent I think that's one of those things where the um, like because when you are playing multiplayer, the diplomacy is is so heightened, I think, because of that aspect as well. It's not as if you are, as you said before, like I think it's a very good analogy when you're playing one of those real-time games uh, where balance is important because you're basically playing the whole game out in 20 minutes or something. Uh, you know, a multiplayer game of Dominions lasts for weeks, months, or even years, you know, so it's a it's a long period of time. It's a big investment, but, but a big part of that is if somebody is getting too powerful – Really, everyone around that person has to then hang up on them to uh, to bring them down a peg or two, and it's. I think there there is that natural attrition balance. Um, little like you know, certain factions are easier to play or may have differences. Also, people do can do surprising things in Dominions with the um, with the way that they mm-hmm. sort of set up their own factions. It's. Uh, I mean, Lucid, you're you're an absolute master at that. So whenever. Um, Whenever, whenever, uh, like whenever I've only, I think yeah, I've, I think so. I've played you twice. I think like when we've done multiplayer type things, and it's um, it's it's watching uh, you know, like I, I love it because you you end up learning so much because of the way that you structure things. You always do something just a bit out of the ordinary that throws throws you off. You can't you can't plan against Aww. what you're going to be doing because you're not following That's the, the nicest the, thing the anybody's norm. ever said to me, Des. <laughs> 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 But no, it's it's true. It's it's one of those things where, um, like, it was. I remember the last game that we played, uh, like, on the YouTube, uh, you know, series that we were all, all putting together. And uh, and when I found out that you were my next door neighbour, it was like, oh my god, how am I going to get past this? And uh, I I tried so many different scenarios. That little that arena map that I made was made because I had to figure out a way. Was to, it really um, combat? I use that I map every day, like literally almost every day of my life for the past. Five years since you I, made that map, that thing has been run. He's been staring at those angels' buttocks for nearly ten years. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I get so much more enjoyment. But that was that I was that made so I could, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was made because I didn't know how to combat. I wanted to figure out what could you possibly do, and what can I possibly do to combat whatever you're going to throw at me. And it was uh, yeah. So that was I needed something where I could have like a small little arena where I could just have have scenarios yeah. one after the other and it's <laughs> so crazy when you get into like really high level play um like in the finals and stuff where people were testing like we ran a big tournament and you know uh in the finals people you could basically assume people were gonna test battles like they would they wouldn't take a battle it's almost like they were save scumming right because they would be like okay how's this army gonna do against yep. that army you put on top of my fort but the counter to that is the people would be adding things to the army like you'd you'd magically move a caster in with like teleport or something before the battle happens. And that caster that showed up would like change the way everything would play out. But then you're like, but the other players thinking like, okay, well what things might they teleport in? And so then they're trying to like imagine. So it just gets really complicated really quickly, but yeah. Yeah. And that's where the lack of balance just doesn't matter. Like it's, um, 
Because there's always something, isn't there? There's always yeah, some that, other okay, way to look at it. Okay, that's the other thing. If we introduce save scumming into the game, sorry to go back to this, but you know, like you get on top of the AI's cap, you're about to kill them, and then they ride out and kill your army. And you're like, oh crap, I'm gonna have to go back one turn and then, you know, fix it. It's like, and then that's gonna be the same person that probably complains about the AI sucking. <laughs> you know, it's like, you've got to roll with that punch. You got to give it that one. You're like, if you take away that moment from it, what does it have left? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I was, I, I thought you were going to go a different route with that. And I was, I was ready to defend the safe scummers out there. But, but, yeah, that, if if a safe scummer complains about the AI because they've been safe scumming, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, you've got to have it on hard mode, like no safe scumming if you, you know, uh, <laughs> if you're going to complain about the AI. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if the AI could save scum. Well, you know, they, they sort of can in a way. Like, that's one of, I actually want to mention this earlier, but like, it's not hard. Like, it, it's computationally sort of trivial for an AI to like be like, okay, should I attack this thing? And like, maybe you have like a first heuristic, like we're approximately the same army size, but then you actually run the battle. Like, the AI could simulate the battle, right? And be like, is this going to be good or not? Yeah. If it's good, then they send the army and then they let it run for real you know, when the turn rolls, but like they could do simulations and only take fights that they think they would win. I know my, my buddy Clocken who made uh wizards of mastery or uh, I think that's what the, the uh, master of magic kind of clone. That was how he did it. So the AI was only taking fights that thought it would win based off a simulation. Um, and if it starts doing that, you, you know, that, that becomes a hard AI to play against. They're never going to take fights on you that they think they're not going to win handily. Yeah. <laughs> It's another. There's a game actually, a fairly recent one that does that as well. Where it actually, I forget the name of the game. It might be Gladius, but I, where I think it actually uh, plays through a series of battles and gives. It may even be Age of Wonders, but it sort of it just very quickly plays out like ten battles and then gives mm. you the odds of what happened between the different groups. But I can't think of which one it actually is. Yeah. So what I would ask there is, and you know, kind of a lot of people they get annoyed when they hear stuff like this, but it's a question that you have to ask when you're thinking about the game's development like this, and it's like. That sounds really, really cool from a you know a competency of AI perspective. But would it be fun to play against yeah, I mean, for a casual player? <laughs> would you like to play against an AI who's smarter than you? Like, go play chess versus what's the? Isn't it something stockfish? Yeah, you know, go have fun. Stockfish, see how you see how you do. Maybe that's go. I can't remember, but I think it's chess. But either way, I mean, like you know, there's 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 AI to be competent and there's AI to be fun, yeah. right? And you know, there was a, there was always a big. There was a big thing in the John Tiller war game community where people would come in and they'd play against the AI and it kind of sucked. So they'd be like, oh, the AI sucks. And it's like people, you know, the veterans of the community would say, look, it puts up enough of a fight for you to be able to have fun against if you're, you know, if you're learning the game. But once you get to a certain point, you need to be able to, you know, you should come and play multiplayer. And I think Dominion's is kind of better than that because it is actually fun in single player to, you know, up to a point. But then the challenge as your as your you know needs for a challenge will grow and it's time to step into the multiplayer arena and and deal with lucid tactics and his mm-hmm. you know death explosion box oh yeah game, you remember that um fate weaving you know yeah that's my abyssia game <laughs> i put death explosion in there just a little, little sprinkle of cayenne pepper in that recipe <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's got go I think going back to chess um, as well, like the, the actual uh, the way that uh, chess AIs were then built, it is interesting because they did when they were trying to nerf them back, they ended up with a, an aspect of them where they sort of said, "Okay, well, look, you can actually designate how what percentage of times the computer player will, will miss 
uh, an obvious move. And so it, it that was this is going way back into the eighties or nineties, I think, where they would actually have like settings where where it would actually allow it to not see that its queen was under threat as a percentage chance. And um, so you could actually play it and set it up as if you were playing a human, where they where they have missed something really really obvious. I found that sort of interesting at the time. Yeah, actually. that would be. I'd love that. I'd lo- I've considered that doing that with uh, game AI as well, where you know you kind of have a, like a personality slider where yeah, it has the, the chance to miss stuff and make mistakes. Um, I think that you know that could be interesting. Like, you could have a battle mode like slider as well, like and the further towards one hundred percent battle mode it goes, the more tunnel vision it gets. So you know, I think we're all in that category. Get to the point where, you know, somebody picked me up on my channel the other day because I was looking at the research screen and I'd got I'd gone into level eight, right? So uh, sorry, level nine magic, and now level nine magic has been separated if you want, so that you can you only research one spell at a time, and you know, and the legendary spells on level nine. And I was looking at this magic screen and I could see, you know, I was researching flamestorm or something and i was like where does it tell me how many research points there are there and then you could see clearly like right next to it because i was looking so focused like autism man just could not see it like right next like literally on the screen i had like comments going god are you blind or something (laughs) (laughs) like maybe you can make an ai that does that you know turn up the battle mode slider it just because it becomes increasingly more and more spurgy yeah i think all these things are reasonably easy like and i think having a simulation in there is a great tool like if it were if you just put it into pretty much every 4X game and there's like a thing like, will you win this battle if you run the simulation? Because um, you could also have a different heuristic, which is like, do I have more units than them, right? And it's like how good the AI is, how much it weights the simulation yeah. versus the I have more units than them, you know? So... Yeah, no, it's a computational cost though. I mean, if you've got a good heuristic, I guess, then it can be relatively low. But I, th- I would, I mean, like if if the like in Dominions, for example, if the game was just looking at a big battle that's obviously looking like it's going to come up, but if it's then got to kind of figure out, oh, you know, what's the possible combinations of all the raiders that come out of that one army? You know, where are they going to go? How, how do, like, what are all the possible combinations of counter raiders that I could create from this force that I've got? Into yeah, you, six you do start getting you know, some computation time. Yeah, you, but... you know, the, the complexity. But I mean, you know, why not? I think people, like we're we're getting to the point where computers are pretty damn powerful now. I'm sure we can do better. I mean, um, you know, the guy that uh, is it, Isle um, yeah, or Zilmi, yeah. uh, the guy who does the Isle. He did the uh, Gladius. He helped with Gladius, uh, and he did stuff sort of for Remnants of the Precursors. His AI is fucking brutal, man. <laughs> like he he doesn't care about when people say stuff's computationally expensive, or whatever. He just somehow makes a ridiculously hard AI. So you know, like he he's he's somebody who's figured out how to game AI. You know, to sorry game game AI to the point where it can just be ridiculously good. So I really want him to get. I want to point his nose. Well, out. You know, the other thing on that, not to get too technical, but you know, Dominions is a game where you sit there like it's going to take you five or ten minutes to do your turn. And if the AI is not cheating, it doesn't get to see anything you did in your turn. You know, it's going to be reacting to the same thing you're reacting to when you're doing your turn. So if they could make it run in the background, like having it simulate, you know, that each battle a dozen times that might happen, like probably there's plenty of time for that, you know, but you don't want to add to the, the turn processing time is the main thing. You don't want to add too much to that. You could add some, but no, I mean that's that's how Galsiv works. Actually, the Galsiv games—they always have right since the very first one. Uh, the very first Galsiv game on uh, OS two was apparently Brad. Brad claims that it's the first game that had multi-threading. They used multi-threading so that it could process the AI's turn while the player was doing their turn, and that's that was always the big selling point. Of I the think Galsiv that was series. Elemental I that came in on. 
No, it was the very first Gal Civ. I thought multi-threading was because that was. I, I remember that coming in with uh, Elemental and Fallen Enchantress was um, was a big requirement to actually sort of get the multi-threading to work. And at that stage, it was fairly. I mean, there was multi-threaded games, but not done the same way. So anyway, you'd, you'd learn more than I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think because uh, OS two was the w- could do multi-threading at the time, whereas you know, kind of Windows and DOS or whatever it was in ninety four, <laughs> uh, it, it was it didn't do it didn't do multi-threading. So it was yeah, that was I think that was the first game that did it. Well, anyway, um, we'll get back to Dominion. So I'm interested to know what you guys think about the new map generator because I love it. I think it's really really cool. I understand there's a couple of issues with it at the moment, but um, I really 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 like the maps that it generates it seems to generate way better maps than dominions 5 did uh you know and like as someone like i i appreciate map nuke i think it's really i think it's amazing for what it's supposed to be used for which is like competitive multiplayer games but i'm not that enthusiastic about the maps that it makes particularly for uh, for single player so i i tend to default to using ill winter's map maker because I, I think it just makes really fun kind of like you know wonky bal- unbalanced you know single player maps but i feel like the new map generator is like so much better man what, what do you what do you guys think i agree i think it's it's better the the actual the random one that they've got is better uh than what it has been in the past um their approach to it is certainly much much more interesting where they don't uh where basically everything starts off as just a, a simple planes uh, they then when it's so when they create the map, I guess if we go through it, previously, it, it would set up the actual whole terrain and everything, and that was what the map actually was. Now what it does is it sort of builds up. Okay, we've got mountain ranges running through here, we've got rivers running through here. They they're always going to be they're always going to affect the provinces around them in a particular way. So that so they get set into into concrete, but everything is either sea or plain, and at that point you can then adapt it by adding forests, by adding wastelands, by adding all these other different bits and pieces. So what it does do is it, it allows the maps to be much, much more interesting and much more thematic and also much better cre- created around the actual forces that are playing on them. So if when it builds its base map, it will then go and um, if you're playing as Ermor, which, which you know, it creates wastelands, it will then make that planes into a wasteland with the ability to then expand the wastelands out from there. And similarly, if you're playing as Pangea, which is a forest faction, they will, they will then change the planes to a forest and then have the forest. But it, there's also things in the map where it can then change back again as well so, uh, during the game. And so it's a really, it's a really cool system, except, and I, I do want to defend uh, Map Nuke and also for my own thing, I've been trying to get the uh, like, you know, handmade maps uh, done and um, like I know, for example, Pymus has got some incredible maps that he has done in, in pre- previous versions of Dominions. And for the, all the map makers, including including Nuke with Map Nuke, uh, Pymus, myself, and other and other map makers, we're really tearing our hair out at the moment trying to get the the, ca- the cavern layer to work because it just doesn't work effectively. So it's become a difficult problem to um, to to build at the moment because it had no focus on that at all um, while the game was being created. Like the the Random maps are better, but the, the game doesn't come with any curated maps, which I think is a bit of an oversight, to be honest. I think that they should have, because now we're finding that the map makers are having troubles. And so I think that I would I would say don't judge any of the maps, like Map Nuke in particular, until we have the tools that we need to be able to build the maps properly, because they're not there yet. 
just to just to defend my point, um, I wasn't I wasn't saying that map was a problem. I think it's I I think I said I think it's amazing for what it's supposed to be used for, which is you know to make fair and balanced maps for multiplayer. That's what I thought the point of map nuke was, because uh, it just you know it makes sure that everybody's got the right amount of provinces. Everyone's you know I don't know it's quite customizable, uh, but I, I just personally don't use it for single player games because I don't I don't really I think I don't like balanced maps. I want. I want something that's a bit more wonky and weird. That's the only point. I'm, I, I actually, I do have a copy of Matt Nuke, and I've used it for years, and I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I think, I think you kind of hit it at something interesting, Des, which is that like Dominion Six gets released, and then it's like the map makers are trying to get their maps made and stuff, and like you know, there's some issues they're running into. Um, I've got some maps I'm trying to publish as well, but it's like that's another thing too. Is like I think new people are going to be coming to Dominions. I know a lot of people have like I can tell you know a lot of people have joined my Discord and things that are new. So the, and I can tell from the Steam numbers and stuff, there's probably a lot of new people in Dominions. There, the the community, the way this kind of has worked in the past with Dominions is like Illwinner publishes the game, and then there's like all because this is really powerful community behind Dominions that makes all these third party tools, that's making maps, they're making mods, and all that takes like because a lot of these are complicated, right? That can take weeks and months for these things to get updated to the new version. So, you know, as that happens, it's kind of like the best, you know, like if that were to never happen, you know, like is Dominion 6, the change from Dominions 5 to Dominion 6 worth it? If like none of the Dominions 5 tools ported, you know, maybe not. There's just so like the tools for, for in the Dominions community are amazing. So the first few months after release, we are going to be waiting for the game to get significantly better as all the tools port. So that's kind of a thing, you know, like, uh, I, I think it's, this is definitely a game where if you just picked it up, it, the game is going to be better in two months, not just from Illwinter patching it, but from all the cool mods and maps that get, you know, updated. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. That's um, because, uh, I mean, you look at, uh, at like the Warhammer mod that's being built. I mean, that's just yeah. astoundingly good. Uh, unbelievable, actually. It's, a, it's like a, a whole new game. And it's, it's not there yet, but as you say, a month or two, and um, you know all of the mounts will be then sort of redone and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. How are you guys finding the the uh, Illwinter's server and their own lobby system that they've created? Because we we're actually using that for our game at the moment, and I'm not having any problems with it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's from what I've seen of it. Um, I mean, we the three of us played that game, didn't we? And it was uh, it was a problem when we were trying to use a curated map but again it hasn't been tested and, and that was before yeah. it was launched the game you know so i thought that was really cool actually when we did that because um it's so much easier than it's ever been before yeah it's um so far as i can tell it it works pretty well um you know it doesn't support mods yet so that's obviously going to be a big thing but it makes sense for it to not support mods you know there's so many strategy games where they're like hey we'll have multiplayer and then they don't when they launch you know so illwinner's got multiplayer but i think there's just the second they open up the server to having mods, they're also going to start dealing with like a big influx of like mod bug issues. And I think they want to probably get all the base game yeah. bug issues ironed out first before they're like, okay, let's turn on the floodgates for all the mod things that can happen. So can I ask you a quick question? Um, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this because of the NDA on the beta, but did they allow people to use mods in the beta? It was, um, it, but be, well, half the people in the beta are the mod makers. 
So, um, so a lot of the, I think a lot of them are actually sort of, uh, in fact, um, you know, when you actually look at the comments, a major, major part of the actual feedback that Ilwinter was, you know, going back and forwards with the, uh, with the community on was the, the actual, the, the commands and actually testing the commands for mod making. So, no, it was a major, major focus during the actual development, which are, again is really cool to actually sort of have a developer that is that switched in into the actual community wanting to build the mods that they're and they're extremely responsive. With, like you know, in, like there was so much uh, feedback. I, I wish we could show that sort of stuff. You know, like to to for people get an inkling of just how how good the beta was, and particularly around the mod making. Like it's it's um, it's. I mean, there's no NDA as such in that regard, but I mean, the specifics of it we probably can't talk about. But the actual approach, I, like I was, I was reading like these really technical things that people were sort of writing in, and the responses coming back from Illwinter, you know, all to do with mod making, was just like it was mind-blowingly impressive. Yeah, it's really encouraging to hear that they're, uh, you know, that they understand how important that is to to the longevity of the game. I mean, as long as you keep mod makers happy and you keep people you know your gamers who like the mods happy it just exponentially increases the lifespan of your game doesn't it so that's really really cool yeah i mean there's at least three major overhaul mods you know there's dominions enhanced which basically is gonna it turns so many mechanics like it adds so much turns so many things on its head that's made by red rob there's helenica made by aether nomad which is like everything turned up to the nines like really crazy mechanics but it's a ton of fun to play but it's kind of like over the top and it's like the nations are all fully reimagined there's a ton of new nations it's crazy Uh, and then there's like somber's warhammer mod which you know it's all new warhammer factions uh and that one's actually not you know surprisingly you think warhammer's the one that's like turned up to like to nine on everything Uh, but actually that one's surprisingly balanced to play with vanilla factions but like each of those things it's like a whole new you know like it's basically a new game when it, when you turn each of those on. And these have been developed for many, many years and have like lots of balance and stuff incorporated in them. Of course, you know, you can still find game breaking uh, little strategies and tricks in each of those mods. But but yeah, it's it's an amazing thing. The other thing I just want to mention is that Illwinner's philosophy, I think, with modding is like there's a lot of things they they're fine having people you know, it's a little bit like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like maybe Star Sector or something, right? Like they're fine with people playing with like 10 or 15 quality of life mods or like, you know, like all little things that like, even if it's a great feature that maybe should be in the base game, you know, they're totally fine with that just staying a mod in the community. So, you know, that that's a lot of, I think, how they look at balance that like you can kind of play the game how you want to. Yeah, you know? I like that. I, I think that's good because I actually saw, christopher talking on uh, steam and somebody was like why don't you just add this part you know why don't you add this as a mod now like worthy heroes i think they were talking about mm-hmm. and you know that, that would be the one that i would think of you know if yeah. they were going to add a mod into the game like right that, that would be one that they might consider and christopher said something like i mean and you, you, if you read the comment you might be able to correct me but it was something along the lines of yeah we we really like it when people do mods i don't really want to be exploiting the mod makers by you know stealing their stuff uh, so you know, if you if you if you want to add it as a mod, then you know go right ahead. But we don't like we want to be respectful and just not take other people's work. 
and you know because they've done them because otherwise you know they've done it for free and then we're we're profiting from it which is what i think that's kind of what he said which i thought was quite an interesting way to approach it it's that's not uncommon yeah. though is it really it's i think that developers that's why i think a lot of developers don't like to open their games up too much for modding when they're still in the development process because it can be hard uh, because you're dealing with all sorts of different people. If you if you end up with a with a mod maker who gets very very um, flighty or shirty very quickly about what they're doing, and you've tried to make the best game and then use what they've done, like and even sort of ask them, it can go south very very quickly. And so I, I can understand why they would why they would have that attitude or why that why they would. Um, not want to be not want to be creating more drama for themselves. I'm trying to think of other games that have done that in the past. Uh, you know, like there's there's games. I'm just trying to think. There's a game out fairly recently where um, where a big part of the like not a big part of the game, but there was a, a, a mod that ended up being incorporated in, and it worked well because the mod maker was very happy for the game to have it. But if the mod maker's not, then all of a sudden it becomes a, a bit of an issue. Yeah, I think yeah. also there's probably a little bit of politeness on their part. I, I, I get the impression I'm just this is just me just mind reading Ill Winter and just you know from observations. But I think they're probably quite proud of what they've created, and, I th- and you know it's theirs. Do you know what I mean? And I, and like what we were talking about earlier on, yeah. I think part of the reason the game is so good is because they don't easily kind of change the game just to please a you know a small amount of people or even a large amount of people if they they beg. You know they they're like. You know the attitude that I kind of perceive, at least from what I'm observing, is they're a little bit like, well, you know, this is our game, so we're going to do it this way. And I think that, you know, like that's I, I, I annoy a lot of people on Explorinate because I always say, you know, when I make my game, I'm probably not going to allow any modding at least for a year or so because I want you to play my game and I want feedback on what my game is like. And people are like, oh, no, no, you, you get your tank, your game doing that, and it's a bit like, yeah, but it's my game. <laughs> I think I'm very, I'm in a very much of a minority there, though. Like, you know. That it's it, there's there's an attitude i think i'm always surprised when when developers allow people to use mods in the beta test for example like i probably wouldn't do that even if i was really cool about you know like people modding the game i'd be a bit like look can we just fix fig, figure out this one first and then you can change it later like surely that's the that's that's got to be the correct order of doing things but you know like um yeah okay i can't talk about the galsib one but yeah basically other many 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 developers allow mods while they're while they're doing the beta process so i just think that's kind of interesting actually i I can probably talk about the galsib thing because i'm not sort of connected with it in that sort of sense but again i think that they um every developer has a different way of approaching things and um and with the um with galactic civilizations uh they did actually have all the mods and things turned off for a portion of the um of the beta and uh, and that was fine because they were focusing on very specific things. And so I think certain games, a lot of developers actually say, okay, look, we're only going to be focusing uh, on a particular ex- uh, example. And another one I can talk about is um, is a Broken Arrow, which has got a um, open beta coming in a day or two's time, where anyone will be able to sort of download that one at that time of time of recording this one. But that's um, but that's going to be focused very very heavily on multiplayer. That's basically what's all it's going to show. It's not going to show the single player. And so. Because they want to get feedback on that, and I think it's fair enough when a when a developer is is focusing on a particular part that they're building, and they then they decide to turn off the mods for that part of the beta. That's that's not a problem. But um, I don't, yeah, I, I I think it being able to switch it back and forwards. And so with Galactic Civilizations, they certainly they did that for a long portion of the time, and then they sort of introduced it with Ill Winter. I mean, I came in I came in pretty late with the beta. And um, so the game was was already very very polished by the time I sort of got involved, and um, so I only ever saw 
the game where where people were using mods. But again, people were sort of, I guess, I, I only saw uh, feedback about mods when they were in the correct area. The actual base game, like people weren't really being focused too much on mod, on, on like on, on the mods. The I think the, the actual testers that they had with Dominions were um, have been with the game as Lucid had said before, you know, for so long that uh, they knew what to turn off and what not to turn off to sort of test different things. So that seemed to work out pretty well. Yeah. I mean, the first mod every, I mean, I, we mostly tested the game with mods. Like most of the tests, uh, most of my time in beta was just with the debug mod on and like loading up configurations of things and seeing how, like how mechanics worked. So, I mean, that's kind of the nice thing is like Dominion's because it doesn't start from scratch every time. It's not like, you have to play through the whole game, you know, to like unlock the story. Like, is there a bug after the story event five hours in, you know, like we just like, Oh, let's see how this new unit interacts with this new mechanic. And so we do debug mod and try that thing out. So. Yeah, that was cool. Actually. It's funny with the debug mod. Cause I, I was, people were asking about the Nexus plane uh, on a live stream that I did. So I loaded the debug mod in right. so I could quick, quickly create, go into the nexus plane and show them what it was there but i didn't realize the actual the horsemen that are in there that like the astral horsemen actually eat and uh there's no food in that plane so so i went in there on like about turn five and they're all starving so i haven't tried going in there in a late game i don't know if there's anything left in there like after about say 12 turns or so but uh they all had disease they were all starving and uh Still super powerful. That'd be really clever. You sneak like a bane venom charm in there or something, some disease. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I don't know. Was, was, I literally just started up a game and then started the uh, and then using the debug mod, um, created the path into the plane and then sent a, a little scouting army in to have a look and see what was actually in there. And that was um, I was surprised at how much disease and starvation there was with the defenders. <laughs> That's actually quite interesting as well because I wanted to ask you guys, how do you think that the planes? are going to change the game now i know that they're relatively you know minor at the moment because you've got the cave layer which is kind of game changing i guess uh, the nexus layer which is mostly connected to kind of one spell but mm, uh, custom-made maps are going to be able to add as many different planes as they want do you think it's going to make the game kind of crazy and unwieldy or do you think you're going to be able to you know if people are using them in a creative way it's going to add a lot to the game what do you reckon i think it's going to add, add an enormous amount actually i think it's um even the fact that the battlefields like the the uh, assassination areas now are done in little rooms and things like this it's it's going to open things up incredibly like you can imagine um like if you you could have like forest planes you know or something like that where there's all sorts of uh, you know weird and wonderful things that happen in forests or or a um or a wasteland that's where the whole thing is sort of themed across one one area or even an area where you end up combining like caverns or caves with, um, you know, with things like forests or wastelands. So you can do all sorts. You, I think it's going to open up the game for all sorts of almost like story events with um, the way that, um, and that's really where the map makers will then come to their own because um, you don't have to, the maps, like the planes, you designate where the gates go to, like, because they're pre, they're pre designated. So you, you, can't i don't think there's a way you can make a spell go to a, a um a, like you know a curated plane other than the nexus plane because that's actually geared for that spell in mind but so it has to, the gateway has to exist at the start of the game so having you can have a like a, a one gateway into a special area where it's maybe full of thrones um that would be interesting as well or you know you could have like a you know three thrones in a in a 
from one gateway from the middle of a middle of a map. Um, there's all sorts of things that could actually happen with that. So there's there's an awful lot of scope, an awful lot of scope that can be there for um, for game makers. It's, for me, it actually um, bridges a lot between um, Conquest of Elysium now and um, and makes that whole RP element um, of Conquest of Elysium now become much more attainable straight into Dominions. Yeah, I think it's like, I think how planes currently are, you know, it's cool having the cave layer. That kind of makes sense. I think it's going to be exciting for like dark vision factions and things like that. Um, and Nexus is super cool. So I think those are all positive additions. But like the full extent of what it can do, I think is still like to be determined, you know, uh, like maybe globals are tied to planes. Like so globals, like maybe you have different global slots on different planes. Mm. Um, like that would be that would be kind of cool, you know, and then maybe when map makers make it, they can make so that like certain battlefield wide spells are always active on certain planes or, you know, have a chance to be active. Right. You know, I don't know. But like the void's interesting because if you fight in the void, uh, I mean, and, and the Nexus. So if you fight in Nexus, like if you do the Nexus gate and you go there, when you're fighting there, unless you have void sanity because you're fighting in the void, uh, you get dimensional overload, which cuts your stats in half. So, you know, like fighting over control of the Nexus is going to matter a lot. Like, okay, well, do you have an army with void sanity? Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Okay. So those sorts of things start to get really interesting. You know, I think the thing that's tricky is if that, that Illwinner would like struggle with if, is if they're like, okay, this is how maps are going to look. You know, like if they, if they make the planes, but then also make the maps, which they kind of have to when they do like the random map generator, I think that's going to be tricky. But I think allowing like map makers to say, okay, we're going to make this plane. It's going to have these rules, like giving people the power to do that. I think the community will figure out some fun configurations. Yeah, and then maybe like three years, maybe they could update the official map maker or something like that to like reflect some of those rules that, that the community's kind of taken on for, for maps. Cause I, I don't know right now, like if I were having to design, like what does an Inferno plane look like? Like I could, I could come up with some things, but I don't really know how it would play out in multiplayer. You know, it might be busted as hell. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would, if we're probably not going to see a whole lot of that in multiplayer games uh, until, it's been figured out a little bit more. Like I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how you're going to update your uh, Lucid's Atlas map, you know, cause originally you had the yeah. candles, didn't you? They were, the candles were like your little Nexus that used to link you from different parts of that map to different other parts. I thought that was really cool. I'd never seen that done before, but you know, now we've, we've actually got separate planes almost. I think if they can figure out the globals thing, cause that was one thing that I thought of is like, how do you, you know, does it make sense to have a global on one plane in it for it to be affecting all the planes? That's kind of weird. Yeah. But you know, and like, should what what sorts of things should affect caves or, you know, yeah, I don't know. And it could be certain things are connected to globals, like maybe certain planes are connected. So, you know, like maybe planes have global numbers, right? So they're on like basically teams. So like it could be the main map and caves are on like global layer one. But then you could have like Inferno and Kokotos, which are like demon realms. And they're on like uh, global plane level two. Sure. Or something, you know. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I think there's some of those mechanics I mentioned aren't in the game yet. Like you couldn't you like that. That feature doesn't exist to put globals on different planes. But some things are like you could put sites. You can manually hard code sites into provinces on a map. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you can, you can even, just and, and those sites could cause effects in, in combat. So, you know, you could, uh, like have the temperature raised or lowered or, you know, um, I, I don't know how well if you could do battlefield enchantments with it. I'm, I'm not super familiar with all the details of the modding, but I think you I'm might. not sure. I, th- I think it's uh, – again, it's – it's you really can only build um, in them at the moment uh, whatever you can build if it was just a flat one one plane map. So it's sort of one of those things where you don't have a real lot of um, agency over what you end up doing with them at this stage. But I can see that being something that could be developed in the in the future. Like even like having um, like at the moment we've got like the, the cave where if you designate it as a cave, there's different sorts of terrains that they can form within the caves. But it'd be cool if they did that same thing with like for example clouds. If they could ever like a another sort of cloud terrain where you could end up with all sorts of like cloud forests and cloud this cloud that. Um, that would be pretty cool as well. So uh, again, thinking about Conquest of Elysium with the way that they did it with their with their cloud layer, it was, that was very very nicely done. So that would be. Um, so I think there's a lot of a lot of areas that can be expanded. But at the at this stage, it literally is just a linking device between, uh, you know, like a, a designated set of of uh, yeah. of terrains that are actually in there. And I don't know how much more they can add in to be honest, because of the way that they do it with the um, with the bit mapping of the way that, that the the way that the, ter- the way that each province is sort of then designated, like they've, like they use a um, uh, like a, a bitmap type approach, and so I'm not sure how many. Like it's like the switch on different switches for for different terrains, and it just uses a bitmap approach to then mask or filter out what it what it requires. Bit mask, yeah, and um, so that that is limiting. The new nations that are added to the game are often a big selling point for a game, right? Um, but I think they. When you're talking to people who play these games a lot, they can kind of sometimes get lost in in some of the sort of finer details that we are talking about that kind of change the game in more dramatic ways. But are there any nations that you've played with the new ones yet that you like? And then if so, why? From my perspective, I've liked all of them because they've been the the, the mechanics have been so unique. And um, the Nidbethid, or whatever it is, I forget what it's called. I've really quite liked the idea of that oh, with the yeah. three different tribes. And um, they have different focuses within it, but even that Mulfulstein, where you've got the um, where you've got like a frozen land around your um, super hot uh, core province, just it's so interesting what they've done with the uh, with the with the factions. I haven't I haven't really gone deep enough in any of them to um, to really be able to comment properly, but I, I I love that they've been able to make factions so unique. Um, like they all they all really really are quite unique. Yeah, I think it's. Uh... I think I mean the the new factions are all cool. Um, I haven't. I mean, look, I've I've spent probably tens of thousands of hours playing this game. I haven't played through all the original factions. You know, mm. like I'm still I'm still working through my my original list. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But um, but yeah, no, these I, I they're really cool. The artwork on a lot of these is really interesting. I'm suspicious that the the Nidgavir one has some really strong. Like this might be one of the best rush nations. I, I don't know. I, I'm suspicious that there are really strong builds for it lurking. But yeah. when I played it, it didn't feel super yeah, strong. Yeah. But like my intuition is that those builds exist and they just need need to be uh, kind of honed. I had to go with those guys and they just, you know, I, I missed at first that you can recruit most of their units anywhere. I didn't know that. So I was like losing you know 50 troops in a in a standard battle against indies because they've just got no protection whatsoever and thinking right. god these guys suck <laughs> <laughs> like I, 
it looked like EA Orm, but transplanted into the Middle Age. But when I when I was like, hang on a minute, actually, no, they're really killy. Plus, you get them basically for free, and they're like they just don't cost anything. Like bear cub warriors are like you know they just nothing. So you, just, I think you're just supposed to throw these hordes of super killy chaff at the enemy, and then come up with ways of buffing them eventually as you start unlocking more of the spells. Uh, their, their sacreds are really really interesting as well with those extra lives that they get. Yeah. They just immediately bring life they just don't die and then they just get this kind of like except that you need to have strong dominion like for that to work so i think it's going to be one of these things where you're going to be going out with uh, with your hidden priest type units um pushing the dominion up and making it very strong and then just swarming as you say like i I think if you've got a if you've got a strong base it's going to be hard to attack into that into that faction uh it's going to be hard to expand out because of the um the second life thing uh, because you're going to be going into areas that don't have dominion, so you don't get the second lives. But the that's only in the province they recruit in. So um, if you get your cap up, and you can also just take like a your profit and have them preach in your cap and get it up to seven candles. So the, yeah, the scar souls is whatever province they're recruiting. Oh, really? in. So if you get seven or ten candles in your cap, they're going to have those for for the game. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. I thought it was I thought yeah. it was where they were attacking into. Because I saw it, uh, I've seen it change. No, I, I think it changes because they die. Mm, I don't know. I haven't. They're definitely Maybe a reaction, man. Like they, they're an interesting. The light of the god and the number of scar souls equals half the dominion score of the province. Maybe okay. I mean, I, I can test it real quick. It's it. It sounds thematically like the scars are given to them when they're created from the the, the province, the dominion score in the province, because that makes sense. Because apparently they 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 go for this bath <laughs> and then they're given these scars, and one of their friends is killed for each one of the scars that they've got. But I, I think when I was playing with them, I thought that like a, a character, I would go from one province which had high dominion, and then go to another province which had lower dominion, and um, and the actual like, because it's it's. For every two dominion, they've got one extra life, and I'm sure that it was. Um, I'm sure that it changed, but I may be wrong. It's been. It's been a, like I did that before the game launched. Yeah, I mean that would be a tricky way to design it because then you'd also have, um, you know, you'd have to deal with like, can they ablate over time, or you actually have to kill them that many times in a single battle? I think it's every single. I think it's per battle. I don't think it. I don't think that they. Um, I thought they got the lives back at the end of the battle. No, they don't. No, they don't. They, I think that once they're gone, they're gone. Unless I'm, unless I'm very much mistaken, because because uh, the, the fluff says that basically one of their compadres is killed for each scar that they get, and they they get one life for each one for each life that was given to them during the ritual. So I, it wouldn't make sense to for them to regenerate their uh, their their scars. I don't think they do. I think it's just a it's just like an extra life that you know, like a, a cat with nine lives. Once they're gone, they're gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't. It's been a while since I've played with. But there's a there's a cool kind of nook with them where if you make if you you know you can only recruit as many sacreds as you have like dominion points on your god or your dominion strength. So if you go like a really high dominion build where you can make a lot of these guys, like you can make ten per turn, but then each of them also have ten lives, and then you take a bless with luck in it, and luck works on each life. You've got to kill them like statistically. What is it? It's four times. Uh, 10 so it's 40 times well, the, um, <laughs> you gotta kill each one of them 40 times and you're getting 10 I think, it's a, I think it's one one life I think it's half the I think it's only five is the max I think 
Oh, it's five. Yeah, okay. Well, commanders, yeah, no, you're right. Commanders right. get the full amount. I think the uh, the, yeah. the the troops get fifty percent, but still, five lives is crazy. Yeah. And like when you see them going as well, like like all their mates are dying them around them because they just they've got like two protection or whatever it is. Yeah, but they're just going and going and going. Yeah, this is what I mean. Uh, does you're quite right. All of this, the new uh, all of the new nations have got completely different mechanics, and they're all bit. They're all. I think they're all quite high skill cap by the looks of it. Uh, at least that was my initial. Maybe I'm, I'm, I might be. I might not be right. I mean, I've been I've been playing Femini or Femini or whatever you call it in a, in a single player series, and their research is just ridiculous. Like I've been yeah. turn thirty or something. I was getting like you know nearly two thousand research or something, and it was just madness. But uh, anyway, I think we're gonna have to wrap this up, guys, because uh, we're we're about coming up to. We're about coming up to our time limit. Is there anything else you, we want to talk about for the last few minutes before we uh, before we end? Uh, I think it's well. I think we've also intimated that really it's very very early days with Dominions, and it's one of these games that has got such complexity. I mean, it's sort of recognised as the biggest and best strategy game of all time, hasn't it? Really, it's been it's had that sort of mantle for decades by the by the feel of it, and I think I think we're still it's so early in in yet. It's going to be very exciting to see where this game goes. Yeah, um, I think my, uh, I'll just say my, my final thoughts are, I really hope that over the next uh, like couple months, we get some really fun, I mean, there's already, if you go to the Steam Workshop, there's some good maps in there. So I hope we get more good maps out. Uh, I hope we get some of the, some other tools to make single player better that are going to like help the AI play right. Like uh, there's a, you know, I, I've got to update my spell casting AI mod and things like that uh, for single player and you know, I think we can, if we get a good suite, I'll probably do a video on it at some point uh, in the not too distant future, but like a good suite to really just sharpen up that single player experience. That's what I'm really hopeful of is that like, it's going to be a fun game for people to play single player and like even put up on YouTube. You yeah. Know? Yep. So. Uh, one last thing I wanted to ask Lucid just quickly. How do you feel that the the existing nations have changed i mean it's, i know it's a big question this is but just like do you, do you think that the existing nations have changed significantly with the new mechanics enough that you know you're gonna have to relearn them yeah i think i mean the bless system has changed a lot you know a, a lot of nations got glamour added to them a good number of nations got just units added you know some of the weakest nations got what i would consider to be a rework so um yeah i, th- I mean i think they're you know it's uh yeah, I, I think there's tons of changes. I, I don't think I think it's going to be difficult to take like a guide from Dominions Five and try to follow it. Like the ideas might still translate. Like, hey, try to do this, but like it's going to be very hard to like actually follow it. You know, because the blessed system's all different. You know, a lot of nations are going to have new units and stuff. So yeah, I tried to follow um, the one of the on the old nations guide on Dom Five mods. I tried to follow the uh, Middle Age relay guide, and that's so out of date now <laughs> yeah i think i think that splitting glamour out has actually really really changed for me the elves feel so much more immersive in this game than what they have previously just because of what they've done with glamour yeah uh, i just feel sorry for Kalen though uh, whenever i think of the glamour split i'm just like ah oh, but all those you know the air magic air magic's got some new cool stuff in it but I, I do feel it's lost some, maybe lost a bit more than it's gained. So I do, feel, I, I am shedding a slight tear from Air Magic. But I might be, I might just not be, you know, looking at it hard enough yet. Anyway, 
All right, folks, uh, we're going to wrap this up. So, uh, Lucid and Daz, thanks so much for joining me uh, and talking about Dominion Six. Like we could we could do multiple podcasts on various aspects of the game because it's so damning. Yeah. So, kind of fitting everything just into into ninety minutes is really not that easy. But I appreciate you joining me, guys. And well, thanks thanks a lot. for the invite. It's always fun. So it's um, and I guess you know we're all we're all very passionate about these sort of games, and um, it's always fun to be able to uh, get get in and uh, actually we haven't really disagreed about anything, did we? <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit disappointing that's a i feel like you and i sometimes get into it we are we'll have a bone we're, we're both tugging on sometimes Daz. we we've managed to not do that this time by some we should have we should have at least pre-thought so we could rip into battle mode and um yeah we needed more sources of, of drama and attention like i've got away with it this time usually like every time i go and does a chat tactic stream i just come away crying because <laughs> 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 but uh yeah anyway thanks guys yeah, that was great and so this was Ben. I always give you a real name there. <laughs> this is Ben, Lucid, and Daz for Explorinate. Thanks for watching, guys, and I'll t- catch you next time. Take care.